Hey, what's going on, all you empty nesters out there? This is Steven with LA Marketing and Production. I'm also the producer of this podcast, Empty Nest Guest. Before I introduce our upcoming guests, I need to remind you guys, this is a brand new podcast that we're bringing to you, and we're super excited about it. So remember to share, bring people onto the platform that you're listening to this podcast on, comment, like, do whatever you need to do to grow this great community. All right, so our upcoming guest, her name is Sydney Black. She's based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and has her master's degree in counseling, is a licensed professional counselor, and is a licensed behavior practitioner. She has been practicing individual individual marital family psychotherapy for the last 35 years. Sydney is currently in an outpatient private practice setting in Tulsa. She has two adult sons and a three-year-old granddaughter. We are so excited to have Sydney on with us today. So let me bring it over to our host and empty nester herself, Charlotte. Take it away, Charlotte. So, oh my gosh, here we are, episode one. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in, and I want to mention Stephen, executive producer, is yes. also here. I'm here to he make is- sure I'm keeping you guys in line today. Okay, thank I don't, you. I'm keeping you guys in line. I'm um, going to give you a run for your money. Oh my okay. gosh! Okay, <laughs> so if, if you can imagine how Ellen has had Andy kind of in, behind her, you know, glass door, it's kind of what I imagine is that we have. Um, Stephen here helping us make sure we yes, do this really yes, well. But you guys can't scare me like Ellen always scares oh, Andy. You can't do that. Yeah, uh, can't that's why okay. I'm sitting in We're front of you guys. Prohibited from doing me. that. Only walls behind me. We're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> so I'm really excited. Everybody out there listening, empty nesters. Um, we're just going to call you nesters and thank you for being in the middle of a crazy journey um, of maybe figuring out empty nesting in the middle of COVID and whatever else people have going on. It's a, it's a real thing um, to be figuring that out, but I just think we have a lot of other things going on. So as I was thinking and praying about like, okay, empty nest guest is launching. Let's have some guests on. Let's do this. The first person I wanted to have on is um, Sydney Black, who is here with us. So well, I'm well, honored. I'm honored, Charlotte. So you. glad you're here. Sydney you. helped me tremendously. Um, I started my empty nest with a wedding for our oldest daughter and mm-hmm. a move out of a home of 17 years that I mentioned, I think in the pilot episode, juggling two kids, graduations, um, and a neck surgery. So I forgot to kind of mention the neurosurgery. And I just honestly was leaving church one day, looked down, saw on my phone, relax, revive, rejuvenate a loft hotel. And I knew that I had to get to that hotel and get myself recalibrated for 48 hours. There were too many plates spinning. And while I was there, I just was like, I need to call. I need to get counseling. And so I just called my insurance and and I knew the, that the Lord put us together. So thank you. So some of the things we talk about will be things that um, maybe Sydney and I went through. Will you just tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your profession? Well, Charlotte, first, I want to say thank you for having me today. I appreciate you thought of me. I'm honored that you would think of me uh, to do this. And I, I really am privileged to be your first guest. Sure. So thank, thank you. you. Um, so now what did you ask me? I want to know about, me, about right? your bio. What I okay. have here, let me just read a little. Okay. okay. Based out of Oklahoma, master's in counseling, licensed professional counselor, and licensed behavioral practitioner. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Well, they're just licenses you've got to be able to have to practice in Oklahoma. So we get those after we go through our schooling and okay. a, a lot of... Uh, 
practicum work. We get those licenses so we can practice. So I've been in practice for about 35 years now uh, in, a, in Tulsa here for about 20 years. Uh, and I love what I do. I love working with people. It is an honor mm-hmm. and a blessing and a calling, really, to be able to do that and sit yeah. with people every day that are just doing life. They're doing life. Yes. And sometimes it beats us up. And we just need to go in and get a checkup and, you know, have a shoulder and an ear and get some guidance. And I am privileged to be able to do that for a life calling. So. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it. You certainly helped me. I also love that you have two adult sons, a mm-hmm. three-year-old granddaughter. When I called my insurance company and got a, a real sweet lady, I feel like she might have been in the empty nesting um, realm as well. I just said, hey, here's here's who I am. I'm about 51 kind of going through some issues. I need somebody who's a Christian, who's a female, and who's doing this with me. And she said, I know just the person. And so whomever that person is, I think that's a neat um, person to have because she connected us and it was just somebody on the phone. But I do come from um, a couple of parents who our family has had counseling for years. Mm -hmm. And my mother always told me it takes a very strong person to go to counseling and I think in our world, people look at it like it's a weakness, and I hate that. They do. I know it's a tragedy. To what see do you it that think way. about that? Well, I, I do think it's a stigma, and it's a very false stigma. Um, it, it it's really more damaging to not get the support and the help that you need, and it's difficult often to just lean on your friends all the time or family members for issues that yes. are are deeper, and a lot of them don't know how to respond to that. So I think getting some outside help, unbiased help, um, some neutral help is really can be a strong suit for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that you said that, that it can't be a family member because like we were leaving church. I looked at my phone. I knew I needed a hotel. I do have a best friend that was actually calling me about something else. And then it was so funny. She said, where are you? And I was like, I'm at a hotel and I've got to reset or I may not make it through this. It's just too much. It's too hard. And I said, I'm going to get, um, I'm going to hopefully find a counselor here in the next little bit because finding you for me was different than marital counseling. And what I told my husband at the time and our youngest daughter who were home during all this crazy time for me is I don't want you all to be my counselors. And I'm not running away from you all for these 48 hours. I'm running to hopefully a healthy, recalibrated, reset but I knew I needed help. It was too many plates. Well, you know, Charlotte, a lot of times what I call high-functioning people put too much on their plate, mm-hmm. and then they feel overwhelmed, but then they don't want to go ask for help because they're high-functioning people thinking something's wrong, yes. and there shouldn't be anything wrong. So it's a false sense of of that, and we really put too much on our plate Yes, and then need an outstretched hand to say, Here's, here's what you need to do to get yourself back on track. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You answered exactly what I, yeah, that's what I was going through. And, and mm-hmm. I needed that. And I thought I can't, I'm going to drop some plates and mm-hmm. I may have too many. And we'll get to that later. Cause one thing you really helped me with was, um, what is necessary. So for the first question, I, I kind of prepared some things and just was thinking about our journey together. And I came several times during the wedding and you helped me so much. Um, but I think listeners out there are all unique. And I love how God's created people to be type A, type B, type mm-hmm. C. I have mm-hmm. a friend that who knows what she is. She says she's type D. We don't, we don't really know. <laughs> um, but people are different. You have introverts and extroverts. Mm-hmm. Some are married, some are not, some are divorced. So 
people are processing things differently. The stress of COVID, empty nest. And you said all emotions are real, unique, they vary, and they're all valid. And so it's like, when I was messing up one time in my life, another counselor I went to another time during marriage counseling said, hey, Charlotte, that's a way to do that, but it's not the way to do that. So I was way back in my 30s and just thought everything was, well, I don't understand why they can't conform to this way, but it was just a way to do something. So for all these things, um, we all have different ways that we process. So tell me when you kind of assess what I had going on, and, and you're so right about people um, putting things on themselves, you help me say, Charlotte, let's think about what is necessary. So can you kind of talk about what's normal? Like, like I was juggling all these things and it seems to me the right thing I did was come see you. How do people know when it's time to make that decision to come see you? To reach so, out to somebody. Yes. Well, I think one thing you have to look at is through your daily life, are you experiencing being overwhelmed, frustrated, anxious, depressed, things that are beginning to interfere with your daily functioning? Are they keeping you up at night? Are they causing you to not sleep? Are they causing you to over under eat? Are they causing you to snap at people? When life begins to interrupt mm -hmm. your daily well-being, probably something's wrong. Um, yeah. And to try to, it's very hard for us to see ourselves. We can see other people really well, but it's hard to see ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we don't often see what's going on with us till it's a little bit, I, I shouldn't say too late. That's an over-exaggeration, but the too late piece is the, we're starting to break down. We're, we're not sleeping. We're overeating. We're undereating. We're stressed. Word. We're breaking out in hives. Whatever it is, we're having these symptoms that have been going on for six months yeah. that we didn't pay attention to. Other people saw them. We couldn't see them. So by the time they hit us, then if it's interrupting your daily life, you probably need to reach out or make some pretty significant changes to ratchet back a little bit. And I think when people are, we're talking about empty nest, we are actually beginning to prepare for empty nest a year or two before it happens. Mm -hmm. So mamas particularly begin to panic a little. Oh, my kids are getting ready to leave. They're getting ready to go out of the house. And so we either begin to, um, overextend ourselves thinking I got to fill the space. Yes. And we start getting involved in a lot of things, or we start pulling back and isolating and not doing anything, preparing for the depression, preparing for the, I don't know what I'm going to do next. So you, sometimes you have these extremes instead of a balance. Instead of a balance in the middle of what emptiness should be, we reach on these extremes. And so by the time the children do go or the last yes. one launches, we are in a full-blown whatever that is in our way to deal with life, whether it's getting sad and depressed and lonely and isolating or whether we overextend because we have been mentally preparing for that for at least 18 months to two years prior to it happening. It's interesting that it's like a, it's one or the, or other, the other on the mm -hmm. seesaw. Mm -hmm. And that is so interesting that you brought that up about how different people process it because one of my best friends, I feel did the pull kind back. of pull away. And mm -hmm. she was like, I don't know how you're doing all you're doing, but you help me see for my personality type, which is type A, high functioning. 
I had to do each thing. I had to do the wedding, do the move, do the graduations. I And you're like, mm-hmm. I want you to enjoy each thing you're doing. And so what is necessary for those of us that are high functioning. Have to pare it down. We have to simplify have a little to bit. You don't have to do the 900 other things. things. You have to wake up and say, what is it today? Right. And sometimes the 900 things are the thing that is keeping us from getting sad. We're trying to stay busy yes. for busy people. We're trying to stay busy to distract the psyche from feeling what it's experiencing because the busy feels better. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so we get so over, true. we get over busy. Oh, I, yeah, that was a rough time. Steven, how are we doing on time? Are you going to oh, tell oh, us yeah, like yeah, how we're, we're doing? doing on, we're do you have any great. thoughts on just from a guy's perspective on what you said? Wow. What Sydney said I, about counseling. I can see some of that kind of stuff, even though I I have a I have a daughter who's eight, and then I have a uh, son who is about to turn two actually on Saturday. Oh, or is when when's the eighteenth? So your no, nest is coming. full. It's yeah. coming. Steven, your this nest week. is full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 my nest is full, but I I you're so right on the seesaw because I'm thinking about my own parents because I'm I'm the youngest actually I'm the youngest mm. by almost ten years. Oh, um, so. My parents had two kids, and then they had me. The surprise. And but I could see my parents kind of getting ready for me to go about two years, and I, mm-hmm. I bet you they just kind of just naturally did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I thought that was really really interesting. Actually, I wrote it down one to two years. Well, and usually moms and dads do it different. Moms uh-huh. and dads see oh, empty nest very very differently. Yeah. Yes, please so tell because us of our what you just see. our nature, the way we're made, men have a tendency to look at that as freedom coming. They're feeling good about it. They're pretty excited. They look at fi- at their wife and they think, I get to do this again. Oh, this is going to be fabulous. Whereas women look at that and go, my purpose is leaving. My value is leaving. My Everything I've lived for for the last anywhere from 20 to 30 years, if you've had more than one child, this has gone on for that long. And now you have no idea who you are, what you are, how you're trying to re-identify yourself. You don't know what to do. So if females see it more as a loss, and typically men see it as uh, a gain as far as a little more independence, freedom, time with their wife, and they look at their child as an adult, which they can enjoy. Yes. And they hopefully possibly aren't looking at the financial burden anymore as the kids are getting up and out on their own. And so there's some freedom there. So men and women see this time very, very differently. And then there creates this emotional gap between the husband and the wife in that the wife doesn't feel like the husband understands her pain or her grieving. And he's excited and can't get her up to speed to kind of come on, come on, let's go enjoy this part of our life. So we see it very, very different and deal with it very differently. Gosh, we could have you back on just for a show about that, which we may need to do for um, for husbands and anytime, wives. And anytime. Even just whether you're divorced or single right, or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, seems to be the norm. And I have several friends that I think have experienced that and, and are trying to figure out how to mm-hmm. date again or mm-hmm. how to, you know. And then you're talking about a whole nother ballgame if you're a single parent and when the children begin to launch, yes. you've got many, many other dynamics going on there where now you're feeling left alone with maybe not a partner. Now what do I do? I've put all my eggs in this child basket and my child basket is leaving. And if you're not careful, you may try to pull that child back in yes. and and sort of sabotage their launching process of how oh, they need to launch word. to be a successful adult. 
Um, so you've got to be really, really careful emotionally and pay attention to what you're doing to your kiddo to allow them to launch successfully. We, we don't really, I wouldn't hope most adults would want their children back in their home at 35 because they weren't able to launch because they were needing to take care of us. Uh, if we were unsuccessful at that next phase in our life and in all honesty, who wants to look at that last phase of your life? It's the last third of your life. And most of us don't even want to think about that. People sure. say, how old are you? And we don't want to tell them. We're like, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. because we do every time somebody says that you're looking at the last third of your life. Well, I don't really want to look at the last third of my life. So we have to begin to reframe that and look at it differently. Um, as a blessing. Yes. And what are the blessings in this last third of my life? A book that I have really enjoyed that I'll refer to a lot is called Empty Nest Full Life. And the author refers to it as the encore years. Mm -hmm. And that's such a mm -hmm. different word. There's no room that. for sabotage. There's no, no room for, which is a great segue um, for the next question I had is um, just during the time that I was struggling and visited, you said, well, let's, let's reconnect with you. And, and it was like, wait, what? And, you know, because it was about the wedding, and, and then it's about graduation, and then it's about... <laughs> exactly. And, and I loved Kids. how you were like, this is a great time to get to know you, and um, how, can, how can listeners do that? How do you take the empty nesting time to get to know yourself? So I think you want to think about some words. With empty nest, we usually think of sadness or loneliness or loss of some sort. I think you need to redefine it. And some words I think about are rediscovery reinvent, um, freedom. Yes. I now have choices because I'm not committed in a, in a daily basis on for these kids, I can do something for me. Mm -hmm. So that freedom you have, I now can make a choice about what I'm going to do today because freedom. I don't have to do it for somebody else. Just to, when I, one of my biggest freedoms when my kids left was I didn't have to fix food. Yes. Every, I was so relieved to not have to fix food and a lot or of worry it. about food outside of just me. I was so thrilled. I'm like, I only have to worry about me. This is fabulous. So I think just having those choices yes. opens up your world quite a bit more. Um, redefining yourself. Well, to me, that's exciting. That That is wonderful. To, it's a new birth of who can I be today? What can I go do? What can I experience? Yes. I don't have anybody telling me what I have to do, right? So I look at it as hopeful. Oh, so, so as hopeful. we begin to digest those words in our head versus the words of sad, lonely, what am I going to do without? Empty. What is my purpose now? Empty. Yeah. When, if you're doing that self-talk in your head, you're going to be in trouble. You need to change those words up every day. Oh, Rediscovery, reinvent, freedom, choices, exciting, hopeful, those kinds of things. Um, and all of a sudden, you have a new relationship with your children. Yes. So I get to be, you're never going to stop being a mom or a dad. You just get to do it in a new and different, more mature way as your kids are more independent. And maturity is something that, that, we kind of earn with years we do earn under it. the belt. It's not like Absolutely. you wake up one day and you're mature. So Stephen, you at a place with the age of your kids and where I am with all of mine out, and now you have a granddaughter, It, the maturity just comes with time. Time. And you can't time rush can it. be a gift. It's and a, it is absolutely a gift. You cannot, you cannot rush it. Um, I am so much more relaxed now than I was when I was 30. Yes. When I was 30, I worried about everything and everything was a deal. And now I'm like, it's not a deal. Who cares? 
Maybe what be glad you only make? worried. I tried to control right, everything. Well, uh, well <laughs> plenty. I'm sure I had plenty of that shortly as well. Um, but I, you know, when you're reinventing and rediscovering yourself, try something new. Just try something new. Go outside, take a walk, and look around at the possibilities. Uh, sign up for something. Um, try to make a new friend. Talk to somebody in line. Sh- show up somewhere you haven't shown up before and say, I know it's a little scary. Yes. It's a little scary to do that, but you know what? Most of the people are feeling the same way you're feeling. And it can be empowering in a way. Very if you, empowering. If you're like, I took the steps, I did it, I enrolled in this class, I've always wanted to learn, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. It can be, it can give you some confidence mm-hmm. that you need. And if you don't like it, you learned one thing you don't like. You just ditch it and try a different one. There's no harm in figuring that out. It's not a mistake. It's something now you know about yourself that you didn't know before. Or I tried this and I'm not any good at it. Or I didn't think I'd be good at this and I tried it and, hey, I'm, I'm really good at something I didn't know I could do. Yes. Mm-hmm. One thing that's been a common thread with some dear friends that I have um, that are kind of, we're all talking about this empty nesting, is there's the word freedom and then there's the word selfish. And so some of my friends say they're having a hard time, and I've felt that way too, where it feels selfish to just say, what about me today? What about, can you speak to how we need to maybe change the inner thoughts that we hear? That it's it's more freeing and empowering instead of selfish. Yeah, it's not selfish at all. Um, I think people that are pretty high functioning are probably, the majority of the time, pretty giving. And, and they're high functioning enough that they're giving out to their world. It's what we call self-actualizing. They're giving out, they're giving, they're volunteering somewhere, they're helping somebody else. Th- those are selfless people. But there's moments where you've got to have self-care. Self-care is not selfish. In fact, self-care is necessary. Everybody has to define for themselves what kind of self-care they need. Yes. The last thing self-care is is selfish. The very last thing you absolutely got to do it, uh, or your well-being will suffer. So there's a line there. I can't define for you what your line is, or what. It, but I have to find my line for sure. me. What I know selfish versus self-care is, or my time that I need to recover from the day or whatever I gave out is not selfish. No. So if that's listening to music, taking a drive, signing up for a class, going to work out. Um, just mindless watching a movie, whatever it is, is not selfish. I really appreciate that. I think it became part of my necessary. I was like, mm-hmm. I am a better person if I have exercised, have eaten right, done all of the required amounts of sleep that I need that's going to be different than my friend. And so to look at it as more of a necessary for me to be the best person I can for those I love. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to offer. Um, The other thing we'll just touch on just for a minute is um, there's a window a lot of us have. The kids have launched, the older parents are well, but some of my friends barely got a transition and Mm -hmm. now it's aging parents. Mm -hmm. And so can you just speak to all of these coping mechanisms that you're giving us also can help us through as we love our older parents Absolutely. Well. Absolutely. And you're exactly right. Some people don't have that window. It went from one to the other. I would say if you don't have as much time, just put it in smaller snippets. So whatever you need, if it can't be uh, two hours during the day, it can be 30 minutes. 
and you can do something for 30 minutes. You can do something for 20 or 30 minutes. You don't have to do the two hours if you don't have it. So figure out what you need to do for that 20 or 30 minutes. It frees your brain. It helps you recover. It's like if you're working, you take, you get up and you take a walk for 10 minutes or you do something else. You look around, you do something else for 10 minutes of every hour just to give your body that time to kind of breathe. It's the same thing if you're trying to take care of other people. You need a little bit of time. So figure out how much time. My Charlotte, my schedule, my entire life has revolved around me working out almost every day. So that is self-care for me. And I have done that on purpose because that's something that's a part of my lifestyle and I know I have to do. So my schedule literally goes around and I always say, we don't interrupt that. Now, somebody could look at that as selfish, but I look at that as self-care. That's something I need. It's absolutely necessary for my mental health. Um, And so that's one commitment I've made to myself. And I have others, but that's just one I've done. You even need it more if you're doing things like taking care of elderly parents. Um, that's probably even harder than raising children, particularly because they're, if they're ill or something has happened, it requires more from you. Yes. Um, so you even need to watch that more. It's not a time to do less. It's time to think about what I need to do because this is going to be a strain and it could go on for years. You oh, don't know how long. You have no idea. I've just done that with my mom who I lost in January and the last, and she lived in Colorado. So about once a month, I was flying to Colorado to sit with her in an assisted living for about four or five days. I would take off work and I would go Thursday and come back on Tuesday and I would just sit and you'll never regret that. No. As hard as it is, as much as you have to juggle, you will never regret yes. the hardship that you have to go to, to take care of an elderly parent. A lot of prayer. Uh, a lot, a lot of, of love, a lot of sitting, feeling like you're not doing much, but you're doing a lot. Thank you so much for being vulnerable with us and sharing that. I have a couple of friends who've lost both sets, and they have kind of helped me, like you said, reframe any time that you have can be the best time. And it may be that you're just sitting. And for somebody Absolutely. that's a type A person... I have had to pray to ask for help to be the person that that can just sit. (laughs) And um, as I was preparing for our segment, I was thinking about regardless of if it's with my um, older children, my husband, those I love, family members, a verse that's really helped me lately is if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And I thought, I spent so, that's in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1. I spent so much of my 30s clanging and just yes. controlling. Oh, yeah, and, and it looked like it was, hey, let's all um, be good and get to church and do all these things so great. And it was out of performance and control. And now it's like, I just want to be. I just want to offer love in my healthiest self after I've gotten my own counseling or worked out or done whatever, if I do all these things, but there's no love, what am I doing? And I only have a few years, you know, I hope I have, I've always wanted to be, um, I think I said that on the Willard Scott, you know, 100, (laughs) but not if I'm not um, healthy. So thank you for sharing that. And I love that you're in this with us. And so I really feel like as people are listening, Sydney is somebody that's doing life with us just like this. Um, Can I add one thing, Charlotte? Add anything. I think um, as I learned this last 18 months with my mom, I was able to sit 
in uh, assisted living for four or five days, like I said, at a time. I mean, all from like nine in the morning to eight at night when I left, I learned how to slow down. Yeah. I learned, I said, you know, there's got to be something going on when you sit down and you like watching Dick Van Dyke again. Yeah. And Mary Tyler Moore. Because they watch that and stuff again, the stuff beds, I grew up on. Right, they're separate beds. And I'm, I slowed down enough to think, and I learned so much from people that were 80, 85, 90, and 100 Mm -hmm. that I have never really gotten an opportunity to sit with. I sat with for two years, once a month, for four or five days at a time, and got to know all these people. And I thought, you know what? We're just moving too fast. Yeah, We are moving too fast. And this is lovely. This is lovely to get to know these people and listen to their stories and just go back to a simpler time and a day in time, it actually was very enlightening and encouraging um, to do that. And it was, I saw such beauty in something that initially I would have thought, Oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding. I've got to do this. This is going to kill me because I'm a fast mover. I don't, I mean, dust does not grow under my feet. I am moving all the time, but it was such a blessing. So I encourage people, whatever you face, Take something from it. It will give you new life. So as you're empty nesting, look at it as a new part of your life that is going to be lovely. And you are going to learn things you will never anticipate you could have. It is refreshing. That. That is, that's a great place to... Stephen, can you think of anything else? That I mean, you can... My friend at the end of her uh, phone message says, make it a great day. And I've always thought about that. I thought it is, it's what, it's what we make, make it. Of Some it. days are harder than others. Um, as we close this, this podcast up, I do want to encourage people. If, if you're out there and you're listening and you're trying to figure out, should I call someone? My advice is you have nothing to lose by trying to go visit a counselor or someone. You don't have to go back. It's another right. choice that you right. have. It's a, if it works and if it's something that helps you discover you, discover healthy emotions during this um, time of life, or makes you a better mom for the adult kids you have, a better spouse, a better daughter to sit, to just sit and watch TV. If, if visiting a counselor who has studied and learned way beyond anything, please try. You have nothing to lose. Um, and is there anything else that I know that I want to have you back and do like a part two? So we'll do this. And any other advice as we wrap up, just what people need to take I just want to say something about not so much emptiness, but just the times we're living in and the COVID times we're living in. One thing I hate is absolutely hate. I hate wearing a mask. I hate it. But one thing I've learned to do, and I think we all have, is we're all wearing masks. Not today here, but as we're, we've learned to look into people's eyes. Mm. We're not looking around. We have to look into their eyes because we're not sure we can hear them. What is that you're saying? But your eyes say a lot. So even when you can't quite understand what the person is saying, you're looking into their eyes. We've had to slow down enough. That's a blessing that's come out of this mess. We've learned how to look at people again and then appreciate when they're not wearing their mask that I get to look at your beautiful face and your smile. Yes. We've, I've really appreciated that more than I used to before mm-hmm. it felt like we got this taken away. So again, every challenge we have, look at it as an experience to get something from it. 
I love looking into people's eyes. I they do slow too. down long enough. I do too. And what a great um, mental picture too when the mask comes Thumbs off. down. Mm-hmm. Like empty nesting. We can take our mask off and, and let's figure it out. Let's reinvent. Let's go forward with freedom and joy and seize the day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so oh, much for coming on. We really appreciate I appreciate it. And I know the people listening, the nesters out there, um, what what great takeaways. Would love to have you back. But thank Hope you it will so bless much today. <laughs>